Good evening, intrepid listeners. David King here. Before we get this episode of Undercooked Analysis started, I just want to make a really quick announcement. As you may or may not know, uh, Kayla is in a tricky situation right now. Her dad is suffering from melanoma cancer, and it's pretty serious. Um, we've already asked if we could get um, a few donations from those who'd willing, who are willing to donate, and so far, uh, there's been a decent outpouring. We appreciate all the support. There's still a rough road ahead in a lot of ways, so if you can, uh, please, anything you can would be very much appreciated. Uh, there will be a link down below in the description to the fund, the GoFundMe page, and uh, even if you can't donate, at least uh, share it around. It would be really important to me, and it's really important to Kayla in particular. So thank you very much, and without further ado, on with the show. So I listened to Blame Roll again. Mm-hmm. I still don't get it. That's your fault. <laughs> of course it is. It's not my fault. <laughs> you did. You do claim it's your earliest memory. I'm not even sure you get it. No. It happened, though. And it's, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I so, don't know why that teacher felt that way. Uh, that Yeah, that, there, there's something. There's something going on there, and it's going to drive me endlessly crazy. Ugh. It happened, and it, it drove me endlessly crazy as well. And you never... To the point where I'm the person I am today. Uh, who, who, are, who is the person you are today for anyone who, for some reason, has not listened to this show before? I am artsy, entry, verbose stuff, dead palette. That's right, I assume. Yeah, probably. You could be an imposter, for all I know. Mm. Okay. Well, is there a real dead palette? <laughs> good point. Maybe we're all dead palette a little bit inside. My dead palette tulpa is right behind me. Oh, you should probably get that looked at. Behind he's me, really, he's he's very essentially rubbing my shoulders. Oh, okay. See, behind every great, behind every great. Uh, Where's his hands going? Hey. Oh, hey. Stop that. This is a family-friendly show, motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, you want to introduce yourself on your own show? Well, I guess I might as well. Hey, guys, David King here, uh, the usual host of Undercooked Analysis and the guy in charge of Midnight Marinara. Behind me is the Pasta Shade, and he's just offering me a fresh batch of uh, Fettuccine Alfredo. And I say thank you, Pasta Shade. You know what my biggest fear is? What's that? And I'm not joking. This is, like, legit serious. Okay. I hate Italian food. With a passion. Really? Uh-huh. So... And when I say fear, I do mean fear. Like, you're afraid of it? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can't look at it or smell it without, like, breaking out into a cold sweat? Like, I know I'm very facetious, and I'm a liar, so people don't feel obligated to believe the stuff I say, but it's fucking true. So, if I ever come and visit you, I can't make my famous spinach lasagna. No. God, no. Uh, so, okay. what the hell have you been up to? Well, um, to be completely honest, I just got back from a Comic-Con, which is a blame roll like experience, really. <laughs> a lot of stuff happened, and it's hard to explain exactly what. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I, I was at San Diego Comic-Con uh, for four days. And uh, before that, I was in Las Vegas for two days. And I basically flew back from Las Vegas, switched gears, and immediately drove out to San Diego. And uh, so I'm a little bit tired, if you can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were some highlights, obviously, but I could go into all of them. But instead, I'll shamelessly say, if you guys want to know about my Comic-Con experience, you can go listen to the uh, the Benview Megacast that just came out, which was me and a bunch of other guys from the Benview Network who were at uh, Comic-Con talking about... Um, they, well, they sh we should have been talking about the con, but the first night I sat in with them, we ended just talking about Phil Vecchio's lambskin condoms mm -hmm. and, and thus got kicked out of the uh, free soda room. Also, in that discussion, uh, Markiplier's there. Oh, yeah. He uh, he was there. I interacted say, with he, him a bit. Mm -hmm. he's, you, gotta uh, say, you gotta say that he's there, because that's what the draw is. He did. I Mark mean, even if he wasn't there, you got that sweet. Yeah, Mar Markiplier's there, and so is uh, Tony Baxter and uh, Paul Dini. And Dead Pellet's rubbing my shoulders, and then Markiplier's rubbing his shoulders. And the pasta shade is like, does anyone want some Midnight to Mary Mara? And you're like, no, fuck you. I hate Italian food. <laughs> Super do. Grosses me out. <laughs> what are we discussing? Oh, I don't know. Well, I thought we were discussing Comic-Con, but really, I think the main thing I want to discuss tonight is a little, not exactly little gem that has been floating through the sort of well-known creepypasta feed for a while, and it's called simply 1999. Now... The title itself lends, says nothing about what the story is about. Absolutely nothing. And I will say right off the bat, I kind of like that. Yeah. I'm good with that, too. You know, I like titles that don't necessarily... I actually am a... I want to talk about that real quick. I like titles that don't necessarily have to line up with exactly what the story is about. you got to have some red herrings there. Mm-hmm. Because misdirection is a huge part of what creepypasta is. And so if you have something vague like that, that is going to like bring up a lot of nostalgia for a lot of people. And then, you know, whether you do something with that later on is up to interpretation, but up to debate. But I like that. It's very nice. Exactly. And so we'll have to see if that, if the story makes good use of that, uh, because, you know, you read something like 1999 and you wonder, well, what does that even mean? You're going you're gonna to want to take a look. And that's what exactly what I decided to do. Now, the tricky part is, 1999 is an ongoing creepypasta, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. The last entry was less than a month ago. It's presented as a series of blog posts. Um... And, and it's presented in kayfabe as well. Yes, exactly. Character is not broken. Never. So the thing I want to do is we're going to start tonight going through maybe about half of the entries. We're going to find a good place to stop, and then we'll pick it up again in another episode down the line. We've already established that this is a pretty lengthy one, so we want to yeah. be able to get as much discussion in as possible, as well as much, as much reading in as possible, uh, without completely exhausting ourselves and this is already going to be a long one i can tell so uh without it, seem, it seems that we have some fans who really like this stuff so i think that they're going to get a lot out of this one. Oh, definitely and, and uh, 
it's little... important up front to know that neither of us know each other's opinions on this. We've been very careful about this. Um, and the fact of the matter is, and I got this full disclosure here, originally I had recorded a really early draft of this with uh, Peyton Pearson, who was the who's been a voice actor in Midnight Marinera. The recording did not turn out very well. So, Peyton, if you're listening to this, I'm really sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> Peyton was the one who suggested this story to me, so I took a look. So, credit where credit is due. Awkward pauses where awkward pauses are due as well. So, do we want to get this, this uh, train rolling? The year was 1999. That sentence brings me back to my senior kindergarten class when I was five years old, where we used to read out the date on the blackboard every single day. The year 1999 exists as a stain in my mind, however, as a memory that will not go away no matter how I try to forget it. 1999 marked the year I lost my first tooth, my first time on a plane, and, unfortunately, the early loss of my childhood innocence. Before we move on, we got some front-loading going on here. Do you want to talk about that? Um, <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like you knew I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> um, I know you too well at this point, so... <clears throat> senior kindergarten class... It, does senior kindergarten class exist? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I do not know what the fuck that means. This is is, speaking... that, is that a Canadian thing that we just don't know? It could be. Now, fun fact for everybody listening to this, my great, 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 great aunt, by marriage, was the woman who invented kindergarten. Hmm. Like, this is true. You can look it up on Wikipedia. We're known liars, so, <laughs> and we associate with known liars. You take take that take make take that as you will. I'm just gonna say, in all honesty, that is a true fact, and you can take it or leave it. Um, so you'd think, as someone who is descended from the person who invented kindergarten, I would know if senior kindergarten class exists, but I don't care. I don't give a fuck. As a person <laughs> who like works with children i've never fucking heard of this so if if this is a canadian thing we're just fucking dumb that's now, yeah now but, we have we obviously we both read this so we have established this is set in canada yes and this might help if senior kindergarten class exists in canada for people in the know this does already establish that we're in canada what if this was written by an Australian posing as a Canadian and it's a thing in Australia and we're just really confused all the way around? Well, my first actual exposure to this story was hearing Creeps McPasta read it and he's got a British accent. So, so try adding that onto the confusion. British Canadians. Anyway, <laughs> um, this story is really trying to push nostalgia right out of the gate mm -hmm. and all i'll say for now is maybe it can slow down that was my thought again i feel like the, it's front loading a little strong already right away because like um coming off of stuff like barbie.avi it definitely hints that something 
is off, but not in such a straightforward way, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think ninety nine exists as a stain in my mind. Is a yeah. little bit heavy handed. When you talk about, I, I always use alcohol metaphors because it's something that interests me. Um, you are our bartender, after all. Yes. And so when you have a, a bartender that serves you very strong drinks, people tend to go there, but they're not necessarily the best drinks. So this is being very heavy handed up front. So mm-hmm. some people might like that. Some people might have a short attention span and just want to get drunk immediately. But I think me and you are a little more patient a little bit. Just a little bit. I should mention I have an angry orchard here right in front of me. I also have fictional alcoholic beverage. <laughs> I have tea in front of me. Uh, you want yeah, to anything else well, to say on this part? We, we might, not really. I think we might as well press on, you know, to be yeah. honest. We could talk Otherwise, for ages about this one paragraph, be, but we're not. Yes. We shouldn't. Do you have any That's last... Everything, everything else mentioned that we can say about this paragraph will be bared out in time, so... Oh, is that is there a pun in there? Bared out? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <sighs> okay, whatever. Very much so not intended. <clears throat> well, I'm going to read into that, regardless. That one memory that refuses to be wiped, it all started with that new, or old, TV. At that time, Pokemon was the latest fad to hit the school. Pokemon cards, games, stickers, and the most popular, the TV show. So, of course, every time I came home from school, I would stay glued to the TV until Pokemon came on at 5. The only problem was that my dad watched the news at 5.30, and Pokemon episodes were back-to-back, which meant I had to miss an episode every day, something I whined on and on about. My dad got tired of hearing me complain every day. That must be why he went and bought another TV. Now, if you're a stupid fucking person... (laughs) You might say, why is this talking about Pokemon when the story isn't about Pokemon? But this is a conscious effort of getting nostalgia in your mind. Right. We've already established that 1999 is an important year for this, for our narrator, because this nostalgia is attached to the childhood trauma that has already been set up. Yes. So 1999 was a big year, especially when you're a senior in kindergarten, whatever that means. Yes. And you know... so you have creepypasta as a genre is a pretty millennial thing. I think I could be wrong. Um, someone, so someone I talked to once before uh, on a Patreon exclusive episode has equated creepypasta in some ways to juvenilia. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> not entirely. Not entirely wrong. No, not entirely. I mean. There's 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 the highbrow people like us sitting here drinking our fictional alcohol while our also, fictional characters. Also, don't take that out of context. We don't think high of ourselves. We're just oh, don't don't we, speak we for want, yourself. We, I think I think very highly of myself. Uh, I don't. I'm not egotistical about myself. I just like to point out how stupid other people are. <laughs> but um, so they're trying to put nostalgia in your mind. This is having this tangent. This is a blog post, and it's important to understand that this is a blog post, that this is just someone talking about their life, and then hopefully in time there will be a creepy story hidden in there. Mm -hmm. That lends more realism to it. People might think I'm sounding like a broken record at this point, but no one else is saying it. Uh, This is important. This wandering is important. However, 
I think maybe we can touch on something else besides Pokemon, you know? Yeah. I mean, Pokemon was a big hit in 1999. I wasn't even... I was much older than for the perceived narrator here. Because I was nine. Hmm? I was nine at the time, so yeah. I was 10 or 11, probably 10. I was like the target demographic. And um, I even remember when Pokemon, the, the, the Pokemon Beetle Tour to promote the card game came through my local mall and I went to the shop and was given my very first Pokemon card. It was a Squirtle. <laughs> That's a vivid memory for all of us. <laughs> Getting your first Squirtle? Getting your first, like, yeah, everyone remembers the first time you touched a Squirtle. No, uh, <laughs> like your first Pokemon experience with like Pokemon. Yeah, if if you were if you were if you're a twenty uh, something now, you and you existed in America or several countries, really, you still remember your first Pokemon. But even though I'm harping on this person for using Pokemon, this motherfucker right here with two thumbs isn't above that criticism. So. Mm-hmm. So take that with a grain of salt. It works. Uh, it works. It, it works. That's, that's sort of the problem, is it just works so well so everyone uses it. By the way, uh, your dad wanting to watch the news at 5.30 and you wanting to watch Pokemon, very very understandable little kid yeah. problem. Yes, that is a big little kid problem. So, I mean, this, this is just saying, we've already established, for, for our sake, the, 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 the author is considerably younger than us. Yes, he is. But that doesn't mean that we're going to be condescending. The the kayfabe author. Yeah, the kayfabe author. Author at least. This person could just be as old as us, and we wouldn't know. Yeah, but we're we're talking. I'm, we're, I'm talking about. Um, I should necess- I say the author, and I mean because these are presented again yes. as a series of blog posts. Yes. So it'd be like saying the narrator. If you're narrating a story, you're not actually talking about yourself. You're talking about the right. voice. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, uh, do you want to? Shall we? Shall we carry on? Yeah, We're going to be on. here for a thousand years if we don't. Yes, we are. We can probably dad... touch on to some of this, but we're we're only two paragraphs in. Yeah. My dad put the TV he bought in my room. Unfortunately, it was an old small boob tube, with rabbit ears. Even. It also had twenty ch- only twenty channels available, not including the channel Pokemon was on. I recall I didn't even care though. I was just thrilled to have my own t- uh, have a TV in my own. I was just thrilled I had a TV, my own TV in my room. <laughs> After <laughs> it's okay. I I man, let me tell you, I am I am not built for life. Here, life. This is where it all comes out that I'm actually illiterate. After oh. surfing through the channels, I came to the conclusion that only Channel Two, TVO Kids was worth watching, so I watched that for a while. It wasn't for another few months until I discovered Channel 21. One day in April, I was flipping through the channels, trying to see if Pokemon was on. I pressed Channel 21 into the remote, hoping to see if there were more channels, and to my delight there was. My dad was surprised too, but he let me watch it because it seemed to have kids programming on. The channel was called Caldon Local 21, and later I found out it was indeed broadcasted from the town of Caledon, Ontario, a town that is very close to my city. Caledon City is where you go and get the rainbow badge. Yes. <laughs> I think we can press on a little bit before we talk more. Yeah, I just wanted to put in that stupid Pokemon yeah. joke. Uh, the, sh- uh, the shows I saw on Caledon Local 21 looked poorly made, and I 
never understood what was going on in them half the time. However, as I grew up, every time I thought about of that channel, I realized more and more how messed up the shows were, and I had to ask myself, what the fuck was I watching? The following is a list of the shows and episodes I remember on Caldon Local 21. Mm. However, I remember such how I remember such details even disturbs me. But I guess things like this stand out in your mind for a while. There were only three shows I could find on the channel, probably because the channel was only operated between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. Now, right here, um, there's something that I, I think is a big criticism people say about my perspective on Creepypasta. They're like, why would you remember all these silly little details from when you were young? And if it's a weird experience, the details will stick out. No doubt. And so I don't know who's criticizing my like worldview of this, but I've heard it numerous places. I'm like, are you a 90 year old and you just can't like remember shit? Cause like I can remember like every fucking detail about the first time I went to a card and to a comic book store and played Pokemon, like really weird little details that aren't important to anyone. But like there are certain sets of memories where you have, extreme details because of the weirdness or because it really the situation sticks out in your mind so a person remembering these kinds of details has never bothered me it's only added realism if like this is a weird experience that stuck out in my mind no this is this, yeah this is especially true especially when the the younger you are i think sometimes the more vivid they are yes you know you're gonna you're going to remember very specific details and i think the fact that the um, our our narrator is younger at the time and was, you know, uh, in kindergarten at the time, lends credence to me, and I agree with you on this one, that he would remember the specifics of these shows. Because I, I still have very vivid memories of weird, weird minutiae from when I was around that age. And, and obviously there's a breaking point where it's like, okay, you wouldn't remember this. But for the most part, I think, rule of thumb, you can remember a lot of little things. And the stuff is weird enough to where it merits that. Right. Now, I don't know if we're going to talk about it in the future at some point, but there's um, a creepypasta that's kind of similar to this called uh, Happy Appy. Mm-hmm. And Happy Appy isn't as good as this. Not saying how I feel about this yet, but Happy Appy has a lot of problems. And so there's, like, details that are remembered at weird times. And so it's like... Yeah, I, you know, blah, 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 here's all this stuff. And then here's all this stuff that moves the plot forward that I'm just now remembering. And it's like, eh. But generally, if you're having these memories at the same time and you're like, here's all of these memories. Right. And he, thus far, I don't think he's really contradicted himself with like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's always been like, well, I didn't see that episode. So we'll we'll get to that where we we'll get there when we get there. But right. he's not he's not contradicting himself like some other people have with this, this why, kind of writing. And this is why the framework of the blog works so well, because he starts just only with what he remembers and then he kind of delves into it more and more. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But that's that's worth saying if you're thinking that he's going to mess up here. We'll spoil it for you. He really doesn't mess up with that. He, no, he definitely. handles that pretty well. <laughs> um, 
And before we even get into April 1999, we already see that there's Booby Episode 6 together, Mr. Bear Seller Episode 12. So we kind of have the crux of how we get the creepiness here. Mm-hmm. It's the shotgun approach that we've talked about before. It's the uh, normal porn for normal people shotgun approach of weird images. Right. So let's talk about those weird images, those first, those initial weird images, and then, uh, and then let's, and then we'll get it. We'll, we'll, let's talk about those first. Yeah. We'll get into it in a moment. So, I'll claim the first one. Uh, April 1999, Booby, episode six together. I recall Booby was a show where the characters were simply live-action hands, no puppets or anything, just hands. The show featured a hand named Booby, who found himself in a new situation every episode. The show was only five minutes long and looked like it was shot in front of a damp, decaying wall, with the hands always on a table with a red tablecloth. Very low budget, obviously. This was the first episode I watched. The episode began with Booby trying to get ketchup out of a bottle. It actually showed him beating himself against this, uh, against the bottle, the bottom of the bottle, for a good three minutes. Finally, another hand came up and looked at Booby. Together, the other hand said, and it began beating the bottle as well, until some ketchup finally squirted out all over the table. I chuckled slightly at this part. Booby then stared at the ketchup mess for a few seconds, before turning towards the camera as it slowly zoomed in on him. Mr. Bear's Cellar, Episode 12. Very sketchy name if you were to look at it nowadays. The show featured a guy wearing a bear mask mascot costume who would get into a who would get a new visitor in a cellar every day it was always a kid the show was filmed with a camcorder and not a very good one either the police asked me a lot of questions about this show this episode started with mr bear stop chuckling the episode started with mr bear sitting at a table playing checkers by himself i didn't recognize it at first but the table was the same one from booby he sat there playing for a bit until there was a knock at the door. The camera was then looking up the stairs at the door, where there was another knock. Mr. Bear climbed the stairs and opened the door to reveal two young children. One was a boy about my age, and the other was a girl who looked about eight. Mr. Bear danced in delight, and then started started talking to the kids. I couldn't hear any of them very well, I remember. Mr. Bear then led the kids into the cellar, which was quite dark, only lit by a small oil lamp on the table. I really can't remember that much more, except him singing a song I couldn't hear too well either, probably ah, probably because of that large bear mask. The episode ended with them playing hide and seek, with the kids hiding in a closet, and Mr. Bear counting. Hmm. I'm sorry about the chuckling. No, but I was... the police asked me a lot of questions about this show. Again, front loading. We already know something really disconcerting is happening here. Do we need that touch? Really? I'm a you little. You know what? You know what? What's funny is, I thought you were going to be defending this. What that that detail? Yeah. Well. Because I'm about to defend it. Okay, well, let's hear it. I think that it's perfectly fine because this is a blog post, 
And so he's saying very clearly, look, there's going to be more shit here. Like, if this is weird to you, don't worry. We'll, I'll explain it later. He's like, he's leaving this. He's kind of saying, look, don't worry. We're going to come back to this. I know this is like super fucking creepy, just the setting, Mm -hmm. but like, just take this information in and I'll explain later. Okay. Okay. So you, 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 and at the same time, it is front loading. So it's, it's a problem where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. I'm just saying it's, it's not a huge it's not a huge gripe. Mm-mm. I'm just I don't I'm trying to find little things. You know I'm trying to find little things to pick at. Well, that's the thing is we're here to be assholes, so exactly. we're here to you know, take apart the story and figure out what's functioning, what isn't. Mm. That way other, you know, for purposes of education. Well, like for example, um, the way the hands are described in Booby, I just assume someone's just holding their hand up and maybe doing like hand puppets, mm-hmm. little, you know, really simple ones. But when they say Booby looked at something or the other hand looked at something, I'm like, do they have googly eyes? How, how do you perceive looking? Well, they wouldn't, we... they wouldn't even have to have googly eyes. They could just be like the thumb could be pressed against the index and... Me, yeah, the uh, middle and uh, ring finger, and could just be like a little face like that. Oh, that's true. And so that's what I was picturing in my hand, in my head, in my hand, in my head. <laughs> Your hand um, is a head. Yes. And, um, I really, I really, not saying how I feel about the story, I really like Booby. <laughs> I really like that paragraph of describing this. Mm-hmm. I like the concept of, uh, low budget just fucking hands yeah because it's possible it's possible that someone would make a show this bad no i i totally and, understand it it's it's got and it's not and it's not telling you why it's disconcerting it's it it's going is. to be very hard for us to analyze and say like oh it's creepy because of this reason it's very subtly creepy and pulling apart why it is is hard no and like, like the the idea of the other hand coming up and saying together is just, it's like promising that there's more down the line. Mm-hmm. And it's a very cool promise. Oh, yeah. I, I you know, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm totally with you on that respect uh, with with Booby. Like, now, the, now that, that being said, what do you think of the stuff with Mr. Bear? Ooh. I, <laughs> I, mm, it's just a bit too much. Just mm-hmm, a bit too mm-hmm, much. Mm-hmm. You see, that's the thing. Booby, booby, I get. Mr. Bear comes off just like, you know, you, you read, okay, booby, booby is genuinely like disconcerting and it doesn't have to explain why it's disconcerting. Mr. Bear, it's almost kind of, you know what's happening here. If, if it You're, was... If it was Mr. Bear's house, Mr. Bear's kitchen, Mr. Bear's... Um, Mr. Bear's study? Yeah, I mean, like, something like that. Maybe it wouldn't be such a problem, but, like, cellar is just too much. It's too much. Like, you see... Nothing, nothing good happens in a cellar. Never. <laughs> Never. And... 
the fact of the matter is... You never read a story, we went to the cellar, we came back out, the end, everything was fine. <laughs> it's, no, something bad's going to happen in the cellar. Yep, and uh, it's not described as a very nice cellar either, so you just, you know. It could, if it was like Mr. Bear Cellar, and then they set it up as like being completely fucking normal, and it's just like, yeah, it was very jovial bear, you know, greeting kids in this really nice place, and then they, you know, had like, it was like actually really well made, then it would be okay. Yeah. But it's it's very clearly like, what you get on the tin is what's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, man, I'm so glad we agree on this point, because this is, this, this is one of my bigger gripes with 1999. <laughs> He, he, just, was, he was doing something not good to kids, we immediately know. Oh my god. Well, that's not, why I laugh about the... We're not spoiling co- any fucking thing. Well, that's why I laugh about... The police ask me a lot of questions. Because you just know, as soon as you read it, like, I know exactly where this is going. I, I've i seen enough news stories to know where this is going. It could, it, I think it, you can get away with the police ask me a lot of questions if it takes a really unexpected turn later on. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, no, the kids were perfectly fine. Just weird stuff happened to them, you know, that they couldn't explain. And it was just like, there are ways to make that work. We'll get there when we get there, though. Right. Maybe we should go on to May 1999. Let's go on to May 1999. And we are going into another show, it looks like. So I'll take this one. Okay. Soup and Spoon. I don't think this was even a show. I think it was more of a special movie thing. Uh, all I know is I stopped watching Caledon Local 21 for a while because I thought the show was too stupid, especially since Pokemon now came on at 4.30 and 5. I don't remember much of this, but it showed a can of soup and a spoon, both attached with strings, swinging back and forth as if someone was holding them and dangling them in front of the camera. Interestingly enough, the show was shot in a basement which looked just like the one used in Mr. Bear's cellar. Like I said, I can't remember much, and the only thing I can remember clearly was the end. The entire thing was only half an hour, and just included stuff I found stupid, such as the spoon chasing the soup, trying around trying to eat him. The ending showed a table, the one from Booby once again, and about seven kids sitting around it, each with a bowl of soup in front of them. They were sitting and looking at the camera, but with confused, almost frightened faces. The cameraman then held the can of soup in front of the kids and said, Spoons ready? And then it just stopped. Uh, there, There's a lot of filler there, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing in Creepypasta. You need room to wander. Yes. And then it ends on the spoons ready thing, and that's very, very believable. Mm-hmm. And... and relatable that's something that they would do in a kid show you know right that's how people treat kids right and it's kind of weird and so i like that it's there it's it's so manic it's like sometimes it employs a lot of subtlety (laughs) in in moments like that and then other times it's like mr bear is you know doing bad things to kids honestly i think we could have in a lot of ways well Gotta take. I gotta take. I gotta have a notebook or something in front of me. Note to self: Harp on Mr. Bear later. So yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, but no, soup and spoon works out all right. Uh, it's a, it's, it's that, it's just that we, again, it's that what the fuck is going on, just randomness that just works, you know? Yeah, this is, this is something, sorry, this is something that someone would think would be a good idea. Oh, I have a spoon on hand. I'll do something with a spoon. Right. Do you you think it's weird that the the kid says that the the author, that the narrator says he remembers certain details very vividly, but then he says, I don't remember much of this, only certain sections. No, I don't think that that's a problem. I think he's saying this is a, a more vague thing. Like you can remember some episodes of like, just picking think something out of the hat, courage right. the cowardly dog. Right. You're going to remember some episodes better than others, and you're going to like misremember things about some episodes. You know. Yeah. Well, it's not that weird to me, and I, I'm like I'm I'm bringing this up just because I'm kind of trying to get you to defend the point you made earlier, or yeah, bring up the point you made earlier. But with soup and spoon, considering it was 30 minutes of just a spoon and a can of soup on a string floating around, like you wouldn't remember all of that. It's boring. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. Like, is there? It makes you wonder: Is there even any music to this? Is this like Candle Cove esque? <laughs> yeah, um, this is this is obviously down that road of stories. Obviously, Candle Cove takes a different direction, but right. Um, but you gotta wonder: you gotta wonder just how much this story took from sort of the idea of the creepy TV show, the Lost episode, or the or especially Candle Cove. Yes, but it's. It's using a format that has kind of not been used for this. It, it's strangely enough. Like, well, yeah, um, for that it's, I it's, give it. It's it's pretty much taking Happy Happy and trying to salvage the structure of Happy Happy and make it a good story. So yeah. it's not trying to have the bend at the end of Candle Cove. It's not trying to be a lost episode thing of like, oh, there's an episode where Mr. Bear does something bad. No, we can assume that the show is probably not going to go very dark. <laughs> Mr. Bear, the show is probably going to be pretty fine. There's going to be stuff behind the scenes. That's not so nice. Right. And right. so, no, I don't think it's really even borrowing that much. I think it's taking happy, happy, which I consider a squandered potential structure and trying to fix it. So you would say, like, Happy Appy is the closer creepypasta analogy we could make to this story, then? I think that that is the closest thing, and, um... Or Rap Rat. <laughs> Rap Rat also is kind of up there, but I think this is pretty much... I would not be surprised if the artist someday comes out and says, I wanted to make Happy Appy a good story. Well... That could very well just simply be their mission statement. Man, they fucked this up. How did they fuck this up? Let me try and fix it. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, but either way, July. let's let, let's we 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 have barely scratched the surface of the story. Let, let's keep going. Okay, July nineteen ninety nine. It was summer, and I hadn't watched Channel Twenty One for a while, until one day I slept over at my friend's house, and I decided to check it out again. My friend had gotten a TV in his room for his sixth birthday. So we stayed up very late, for us, 9.30 was very late, and watched TV. That's when I remember Channel 21 and brought it up to my friend. We decided to see if it was on, and to our surprise, it was. They must have changed the broadcasting time. Dun, dun, dun. I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out the format here. Should I take this next one? I'm cool either way. All right. (laughs) I'll do, uh, you do Mr. Bear, I'll do Booby. 
Okay, fair enough. So you're going to cover all the boobies? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, there's a boobie I was, I was more thinking. I was more thinking of these ones right here. But, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I... Okay. These no, boobies right here. That, yeah, those... Oh, man. Now, that's cool. Let's do it that way. Uh, Mr. Bear's Cellar, episode 23. This episode was entertaining for my friend and I, mainly because it had swearing. However, now when I think of this episode, I realized something was definitely wrong when it was filmed. The episode started with the camera on its side while it was facing Mr. Bear, who was walking upstairs to the cellar door. The camera then blacked out for a short sec- for about a second before fading in, back upright, and facing Mr. Bear. There was also another kid talking to him, but this kid looked about 11 or 12. He was talking to Mr. Bear for a while, but I couldn't hear well, again with the crappy camcorder, until so the kid started raising his voice. The kid was saying how he was late and his sister had to go home, and you could hear more voices in the background. I remember Mr. Bear clearly saying, Get the fuck out. You're not invited. It was a deep voice muffled by the bear mask. I remember my friend and I looking at each other and laughing at the mention of the forbidden F word. But the episode got weirder. The kid began climbing the stairs before turning around and saying how he was going to call the police. Mr. Bear began breaking into a run towards the kid, who started screaming and running as well. The camera then cut out, and that was the end of the episode. The channel then turned to ch- static shortly thereafter. There is... Like, there's not necessarily anything wrong with this part. No, it but... Just, it just didn't need to get this far this quick. We have a lot of story to go to, and we're already like... He's either a child murderer, or a pedophile, or both. And, like, the, there's a contradictory feel of, like, you know, he's inviting them in and then saying, get the fuck out, you're not invited. Unless, the, of the, course... The, the, the idea of, like, saying adult things to kids and, like, breaking that trust is good. Hmm. But it just, it didn't need to go to this part this quick. And yeah. th- there, there's a problem with that, it's like... Well, this is real. This is, you know, the order in which I experienced this, the kayfabe author would say. But you as a writer should find a way to, like, hide this intensity until further down the line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he needs to describe more normal Mr. Uh, Bear Seller episodes. Yeah, he needs to lure us he into a... This. Yeah, this is, this is just like, we, we again, we're smart. Our readers, the readers are smart. They're going to know where this is going right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just read this part, and I'm like, okay. The the only impression I can take away from this, for one, is that um, he, the kid says his sister, he and his sister have to go home, and I'm assuming only the sister got invited to stay in Mr. Bear's cellar. Maybe the kid, maybe the brother just showed up to mm-hmm. find her. Yeah, I mean, you've... <laughs> I probably should have talked about that, but yeah. Uh, and that's that's a cool idea. Um, I think... Mr. Bear has chosen? Yeah, Mr. Bear has chosen this person and this older <laughs> kid. Um, I also don't like that when I was like looking up stuff about this story, there's just like a bunch of pedo bear jokes everywhere. Uh-huh. And so it's it like really closely invites that joke. Right. And I don't have a problem with you know, that joke or anything with it being offensive. I just don't like um, jokes being associated with creepypasta to me. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. it kind of devalues stuff. So if right. you have a bunch of you know jokes about uh, Slender Man, Slender Man becomes less scary, mm-hmm. which you know becomes the point where it defeats its own purpose. So right. I don't like that. Anyway. Anyway. Booby, episode forty-two, playing with scissors. One rainy afternoon, I was bored, so I decided to watch Channel 21. When I started watching, some show about a guy sitting in an armchair was just finishing. I forget what it was about, though. When I first saw this episode, I thought it was for teenagers because it had blood in it. And it was very gross. When the police told me... uh, When the police told me everything, I know now who the blood belonged to. The episode showed Booby and another hand with a ribbon around the pinky finger, Booby's girlfriend. Booby was holding scissors and hopping back and forth while his girlfriend slowly swung around him uh, around aimlessly. Another hand, another hand shot into the scene. This hand was smaller, though, and it was jerking around violently as if someone under the table was being forced uh, as if someone under the table was forcing the hand, and I later found out that this was the case. Scissors are very dangerous, kids, so hold them safely, Booby said to the camera. I noticed I could also hear muffled screams, but I wasn't sure where it was coming from because of this bad sound quality. Booby's girlfriend grabbed the smaller hand, which was thrashing about, and Booby went at it with the scissors. He started with the thumb. He opened the scissors wide and clasped them onto the thumb. Blood began oozing out, and the muffled screams were now very loud. My five-year-old self was very grossed out, and that's when I decided maybe Booby was a showman for teenagers or grown-ups. Then the scissors got to the bone, the horrid crunching sound I heard. Crunch, uh, crunching noise I heard, and that's when I turned off the TV. I never discussed it with my dad because I feared it would be off. I feared he would limit my TV time. Holy fuck! There's a lot to discuss right here. Yeah. Um, two two points right off the bat that I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. One, that thought has crossed my mind before when I've seen something on TV as a little kid that seemed yeah. like I shouldn't be watching. You just assume, oh, that's for older kids or teenagers. That part's believable. And you don't do that with everything. Because there's some older stuff where it's like, oh, this is like, like usually like older comedy, comedy for adults and stuff. It's like, oh, I want to watch this. But like, there are those moments of like, I'm, my child mind is not (laughs) made for this. Is not ready for this. And two, the, I never discussed with this my dad because I feared he would limit my TV time. I kind of like that a lot. (laughs) Um, That's little kid logic right there, and I love it. We'll, we'll <clears throat> compare and contrast this to the bear episode previously. Right. The other the other bear episode, I think, didn't have... Um, I think, yeah, it was too soon. But it also wasn't very subtle. This one is also not very subtle, but it I think it structurally works to where you could have this down the line... And I wouldn't have anything bad to say about it. But it's happening early again. But it's happening early again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I'm glad we didn't discuss this beforehand because we're. Just, I'm just sitting here going like, God damn, we think alike on this case. Yeah. <laughs> um. I... The, the, again, the, the thing that that saves some of it for me is just the way he reacts or remembers reacting. To me, that's actually genuinely kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, I shouldn't be watching this. This is for teenagers. Oh, I better not tell my dad. He'll limit my TV time. But. Uh-huh. It should yeah. have happened. There should have been more. This, this, this way too much happening way too soon. And it, it also would be okay if it was like the exact opposite, where this happened before anything else, and it's just like that's fucking weird. Goes away a while, comes back, and sees shows that are just um slightly off, mm-hmm. and then it's just like maybe I'm misremembering this. Maybe I was just you know having a bad dream, and I remembered this wrong, but. As it is right here, smack dab, like, this early in the story, it it just, its impact is robbed by the structure of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, August, 1999. <clears throat> I didn't want to watch Channel 21 after that booby episode. In August, I grew more curious to see Mr. Bear Seller for some reason, though. Last episode I saw of Mr. Bear was weird and had swearing, which also made me think the show was meant for teenagers. Nonetheless, I flipped onto Channel 21 when my dad was busy. Mr. Bear Cellar, episode 28. Apparently this episode had been playing the entire month of August. It was also studied a lot by the police. The entire episode was just Mr. Bear sitting in a chair talking to the audience. Hello, kids. Do you want to visit my cellar? If you do, please write me a letter at this address. I should probably, like, come up with a Mr. Bear voice. I don't have... I don't really have a Mr. Bear voice. We can can each do our own Mr. Bear voice. (laughs) Man, I should have have thought of this beforehand and done something really silly. It's it's fine. You know what? Come come, come at it later. You know what? Let's change Mr. Bear's voice every time we come. Every single fucking time. Every single time. We read, one of us reads for Mr. Bear. Okay. Next time he's going to be a Japanese schoolgirl. Good. Um, Do it. The screen then switched to a white, uh, the screen then switched to a white screen with multicolored letters reading the address. And that was what remained for the rest of the episode. And guess what I actually did? I sent Mr. Bear, or that sick bastard who portrayed him, a letter. I did it out of curiosity, mostly. My dad was okay with it because he thought it was a legit kid's show, but then again, he never saw any of what was on Channel 21. So I wrote a letter using my best writing possible. I think I just said how I wanted to meet Mr. Bear and if Booby also lived in the cellar. So my dad sent the letter to the address Mr. Bear said on the show. It stayed on all day anyway, for some reason. I I really like that part of the... The whole thing about him writing the letter is very good of, like, that is a question a kid would ask. You can really put yourself in that moment with him and his dad. Mm-hmm. I think that that's very good. I think that's, and, I think that's interesting, yeah. And uh, uh, episode 28, yeah, perfect. I like it. Yeah. It's great. Good. <laughs> it's, it's fine. See, see episode 28 has disconcerting elements to it, but if, if if episode 28 had been one of the first episodes we saw, I would accept the Mr. Bear mm-hmm. uh, right uh, right off the bat. 
you know, as it just something vaguely disconcerting, but maybe something that could be harmless. I don't know. Yeah, and I like the idea of like, I, I don't really like this show, but for some reason I still watch it. It's <laughs> it has that garbage TV feel of like, yeah, sometimes you just get hooked on stupid stuff like that. Well, yeah, it's like you know watching Nickelodeon as a kid. You're gonna watch certain shows, but then you, there's nothing else to do, so you keep watching TV, right? Even when you don't like like. Oh, I don't like, as told by Ginger, but no other cartoons are on, so I guess I'm watching as told by Ginger. Oh, what's yeah. on Nickelodeon right now? Ah, uh, Clarissa explains it all. Oh. Well, okay, I guess I'll just watch it. I don't oh, really get cool, what's going on. There's that cool on. guy on the ladder. Hi, Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hold on a sec. Oh, this that's is not a nostalgia. good time. Oh, thank you. I'll come get some. A stir fry downstairs apparently. Oh. <laughs> Do you need to take a break? Um, you know, I think so. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll pick up right where we left off. And we're back. So that was kind of odd, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. So that was really good stir fry, by the way. That's that's good to hear. <laughs> Sorry, I kept you waiting. Um, here we are talking about people who like just coming through random doors and windows and, and then that happens anyway uh where where were we oh here we go <clears throat> it took about a week to get a response which i was surprised i did i still have the letter i received august 15th 1999 the letter read dear elliot oh wait wait uh gotta be a japanese schoolgirl. dear elliot son Thank you ever so much for your letter. I would love to have you in my cellar. We play games, watch movies, and go camp for, go, <laughs> go, uh, and go fire camping in the middle of the woods. Is that a spelling mistake? I don't think like, so. I think this is, I think there's something deliberate there. Oh, motherfucker. I like that. Mm-hmm. And yes, Booby does live in my cellar. He's very he's a very good friend of mine. Come to my house, the police cut out the address. Caldon, Ontario, CA. I look very forward to having fun with you. Love, Mr. Bear. <laughs> Ooh, you damn. damn. I didn't notice that the first time. I'm I might actually be dyslexic, I'm not sure. <laughs> Haven't been diagnosed, but like yeah, I didn't read anything wrong with that, and now rereading it, now we, now I get it. Take note, yes. folks. That's actually a nice little bit of. That's actually a nice little bit of something right there. Fire camping in the middle of the woods. That's that's actually really good. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, I look for very forward to having fun with you. Is the is a total red flag, a total. Red flag. Oh, come. I would love to have you in my cellar. I look very forward to having fun with you. Well, considering I, considering I was stupid enough to not see that, I like it. Yeah. Rereading no. it, I like it a lot. Right? <laughs> well, what I it's justified by the next paragraph, which is, I cannot believe my dad never found this sketchy. Because he actually took me to the house. And then that's when the police became involved. Those endless questions, those pictures of terrified kids, the woods. 
That brings me to why I'm writing this blog. That psycho and his friends did some fucked up shit back then. And now it seems he's trying to con contact me again. The entire police thing is coming back. That would, that's what brought, uh, that has brought us to 1999. Back to me. Over a decade later, it is happening again. Dun dun. It is happening again. It is happening again. Um. So we're gonna. This went on for a while, so we're gonna call it here. The next part is actually an update, which was added later. But uh, dang, this looks like it's gonna have to be a multi-part series. Yes. Yes, it does. Well, in that case, that's that's good. Uh, before we move on. Let's 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 do some closing thoughts here, shall we? Yeah, I think the fact that we're doing multiple parts on this is very good because this story has problems and this story is clearly written by a very intelligent person who understands creepypasta. Mm -hmm. I don't think either of us thus far can disagree that this person understands the genre and does understand what makes it function, even if they fail sometimes. Right. It can so be... this this is an amazing case study. Yeah. That's this is why I, this is why I was I read this and I was like, I gotta show this to Dead Palette. If he hasn't seen this already, I gotta show this to him because I want to talk to you about this one. <laughs> and what's funny is I, I just keep hearing from people who I respect how bad this is, and and so I I never really gave it a second thought, and then you made me read it, and I'm like. I don't know. It's not bad. It's It's got its problems, but it's actually really... It understands the functions. Right. What mechanically makes creepypasta work. Right, exactly. Even... It misses some beats. It hits others. It's... um, It's definitely intriguing enough to get me to want to keep reading. I'll tell you that much. And, if and I... it's kind of funny, too, because when we, when we do this, when we do... When we try and break this apart and analyze it, we're almost doing a disservice to it because we're trying to we're, we're breaking apart something that could otherwise function very well because it's not like it's a bad story and we all know it's bad and we're pulling it apart or it's an amazing story and then we're just jacking off the author here we're kind of like trying to be skeptical and i don't want to be <laughs> i want i want to accept the parts that are really good yeah and try and just deny the bad parts definitely so it's 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 obviously charming me <laughs> you know what i mean no i totally do <laughs> i know i i feel likewise like honestly this early on you you they you can tell that that the the author has this whole thing worked out and the fact that it's still going is actually kind of really intriguing to me i thought it was over but, like I said, only a few weeks ago, there was a new entry to Elliot's blog here. By the way, we did, in that letter, finally get the name of our narrator, Elliot. Mm -hmm. So, we have, we're getting a, slowly getting a clearer picture of the author, which is interesting. Or, if not the author, then the, the, the character who is yeah. the author. And it's important to understand that, since they haven't broken kayfabe, it's the same thing. Right, exactly. So, as far as we know, this is just Elliot. It's right. not some writer. This is Elliot. 
Elliot's trying to tell us about this weird thing that happened to him in Canada in 1999, where on a local TV station, he saw some really weird TV shows about hands, soup, spoons, and a guy in a bear mask. I don't... Has Elliot been gendered at all this far? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because Elliot is... uh, gender-neutral name. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Our Elliot could easily be female. I don't know if they confirm later on the gender, but... Well, we'll have to keep that in mind as we keep reading. I don't know get... if it's going to affect it too much, but no. having a neutral name like that actually, I think, um, is a interesting point to the story, too. Weird uh, quick tangent, though. There's not enough female perspective creepypasta. It's... There's really not. It's kind of true. Um... And the the few I've stumbled across, I usually try are usually um, I try to showcase on my show, um, and, that, and that's why you have. Um, wow, I'm, cat's got my tongue. Lawyer cat's got my tongue. Oh, Deborah with a cease and desist with a cease and desist order. <laughs> uh, the yellow wallpaper, right? And it's like this isn't a creepy pasta, but fuck, it's. Whore from a female perspective. It it's a really female perspective, but a really yes. dis- definitive kind of horror from that perspective, coming from a different time. I love this story, by the way. The yellow wallpaper is an amazing mm-hmm. story. It it really is. <laughs> and I really try to like show showcase as much of that as I can find. I mean, I did uh, when I found the good people. It sort of reminded me of um, the one one story I'd done earlier, our little Roanoke, except it was a. It was, you know, a different, different setting, different cast of characters, but it was, again, a group of, a group of women going out into the woods, and scary shit happens. And also, what's uh, the room one? Oh, uh, 733? Room, yeah. That also, female perspective, very female, good female perspective. That one is... And, um, yeah, it's, I, I, as an author, since I narrate my own stories, I'm kind of written into a corner sometimes, but, yeah. You've done a couple that were... Uh, I've done a couple where I'm a female, yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And you've had a couple where you've had uh, mysterious female voices join you. Yes. Yes, I have. (laughs) There's going to be some more of those in the future, and they're going to be a lot more racy. Mm, (laughs) But uh, with this uh, really decent start, really enjoying this, has its problems... And it pains me to acknowledge that it has problems. (laughs) (laughs) But really, the problems are not so pronounced that you're going to... That I dislike the story. That's the thing. No. And it's it's also worth noting that me and you don't have nearly as much recognition as the author of this. No, of course. We're just fucking guys with opinions. (laughs) Granted, they're, I like to think they're fairly educated opinions, but opinions nonetheless. Yes. Uh, again, don't like to say how smart I am, just point out how stupid other people are. <laughs> and so it's kind of weird to point out the flaws that we perceive in this, because it's a very good story. It's a very good story. And uh, again, not the, the, the things we point out that are flaws don't detract from the overall... I mean, don't detract as much as from the overall as, as some people would think, at least from my opinion. No. Um, if I, I don't want to give it the undercooked freshness rating yet. I'm going to wait till we've read the whole thing. 
But yeah, I think we can say uh, there's a lot of good discussion ahead of us. Oh yeah, so look forward to part two, where we'll be picking up on the next update. And uh, I have no idea when it's going to drop in relation to this one, but keep your ears to the ground and uh, your eyes on Channel 21. Maybe you'll get a special announcement from Mr. Bear. But the response could take about a week. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.